Hey everyone, quick announcement here before we jump into the podcast. We just want to let everybody know that we are hosting a online buckboard. So you can sign up for that on our Facebook page. There's a link there, take you to a form, really easy to fill out. We just need a little bit of information and then a $5 entry fee. And then we are going to pay out $500 via Venmo to the first place winner. Second place gets a Tacticam reveal camera. And third place gets a $50 payout as well. And we're going to have random prizes given throughout the uh, throughout the contest. You can sign up from now until October 4th, and then uh, or November 4th, excuse me. And then if you harvest a buck between November 5th and the 27th of November, you can just send us the info we require on it and you are eligible to win that $500 payout. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and look at our Facebook page for that or shoot us an email. We can send you the link as well. Uh, entry fee is accepted via, pay, via Venmo right now. Uh, yeah, so if you have any other questions, let us know. We'd love to have everybody join this uh, fun little online buckboard. Hey everyone, we are back again for another episode of Lessons of the Woods from my dad's cabin. Well, that's not actually what we're called, but Lessons of the Woods by 10 Point Whitetails. I'm your host, Dylan Porter, and I have my co-host here, Kyle Weber. And today we're going to be talking about weather. Uh, but first off, we're out of my dad's cabin still. Same place recorded the last one. Mm-hmm. Following morning. Dad's got a pretty nifty system out here. We're not going to go into all the details, but basically we got a security camera. On a fresh carcass, wake up in the morning, and what do we got happening? Uh, we got coyotes in, kind of trying to enjoy themselves. So, so three coyotes come in Minnesota. You can shoot coyotes any day of the year, all day long, within reason. There's certain stipulations for actually shooting coyotes tonight, which you can do in Minnesota, unless they've changed the law since last I looked that up. But I think it has to be like a shotgun or something, and no artificial light, and it's it's some goofy stipulations. But we had three coyotes come in. Barely awake, new new to you gun, haven't shot before, uh, and just things didn't go as they should have, and coyotes got away. But, stuff happens. Supposedly. Supposedly. Allegedly. 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 Uh, and if we keep looking up, it's because we have the monitor up there. We're not gazing off into the distance <laughs> where we're like, oh, is there going to be a cow coming while we do this? Let's find out. Uh, anyway, so here we are, and we're going to talk about weather today. When to hunt, when not to hunt. Uh, so do you want to kick us off? Sure, weather. Uh, oh, being... wait. We are also sponsored by Wallhanger Taxidermy of Cable, Wisconsin. Unless he changes his mind by the time this comes out. Then I said it anyway. So, okay. Uh, weather's really important to read um, to gauge the high percentage days compared to low percentage days so everybody talks about tree stand getting uh lots of pressure and uh being over hunted and stuff like that so if you're sitting on low percentage days or bad weather days you're just adding more more of your scent out there more of your entry and exits more chances for you to educate the deer um so you want to really focus on the good weather days and i don't mean like what's nice to us Mm -hmm. but the good uh, weather that creates good hunting percentage, you know, a good chance at hunting percentage. So <clears throat> preferably what I would like to see in a week time, you see a day or two that um, goes from the 70s, for example, like right now, highs in the 70s, and then all of a sudden the, on Wednesday the high is 55 or 50. 
that means cold front has moved in, which means usually I have a northwest wind, mm-hmm. which is ideal for uh, two of my stands. <clears throat> and you wait until that day to hunt. Now, there's a little bit of a conversation about whether you hunt the night before that system comes through or after that system comes through, but that really cues you in on you should be sitting, if it comes through on a Wednesday, you should be sitting that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, because you're going to have good high percentage days of sitting, and you should see a lot of deer activity during the daylight. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at your weather, you also want to look at the pressure, high pressure, high deer movement in my general... um, in your experience, in my experience, high pressure and especially with the pressures moving up, mm-hmm. um, that usually causes creates a lot of deer activity. But um, you know, we talk about snow. I think when it's snowing is a great time. Personally, for me, my favorite time to sit is when you got a when you get about a half to inch to two inches of snow while you're sitting. Oh, I just. I love that. It's yep. just, it, it adds a magical stillness to the air. Nice light snowfall. Not, I'm not saying windy blizzard, but nice light snowfall with the big flakes. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. And I've seen a lot of nice deer when I'm having those sits. And the deer are more comfortable in that type of environment because the snow is masking their footsteps. It's not the crunchy loud snow. They're not stepping on leaves anymore. It's cool, which they like. You know, their winter coat's coming in more and more every day. Uh so a lot of it's going to boil down to, are the deer comfortable? What makes the deer comfortable? Deer by nature are paranoid schizophrenics. They are terrified of everyone and everything. Everything's going to kill them. And that's basically how they survive is that mindset of, if I don't run away, I'm going to die. So they want to be comfortable. If they think, oh, I can just sneak around and nobody's going to notice me. It's nice and quiet. I can hear for a long ways. They think, you know... Snow's masking their footsteps, masking everything else too, but they think they can hear for a long ways, uh, whether it's a stick break or whatever, and they feel a lot more comfortable in that type of situation. So snow is a good one. Uh, Windy days, in my experience, you just don't see as many deer. Or if you do see deer, they are on edge. So if we're hunting on a windier day, uh, even yesterday, right away, the doe, when it was, they came out, not yesterday, Wednesday, yep. when they came out, those two does were a little bit more mm-hmm. on edge because they, uh, it was still windy. The leaves are slapping together and they can't hear. They rely on your hearing for probably, probably 40% of their survival skills, I bet, is a year. I'd say probably 40% ear, 40% nose, and then 20% eyes. Hmm. So, you know, to paint that picture of what happened on Wednesday, we were literally getting ready, putting camo on and stuff like that, and we're looking outside, and, and it's, the wind's almost howling. Yep. It's a pretty steady, hard wind. All the leaves are moving. All the trees are moving. And it's hot. It wasn't supposed to get that hot, but I think it was pushing that 70-degree weather. It felt like it in the sun. I mean, yeah. if you stepped in the shade, it was cold, but yeah. the sun had some power, no clouds in the sky. Yeah. So you look at that. As you're getting ready at 2 o'clock in the afternoon... You're, the weather's telling you it's not a good day to hunt. So I would recommend in a normal situation where you don't, you're not short on time and you can wait and you have patience, um, you don't sit that day. But also you need to predict what's going to happen at 5 o'clock um, when, it's, when it's game time, when it's, when it's that hunting, that, hunt, that hunt, pure hunting hour. Yeah. Um, so it's windy, it's warm, and we get up to the stand and it's, and it's generally uncomfortable. I think we took our boots off. We took a couple layers off, and we, I mean, we were sitting there. I was using you for shade. Yep, I was all in black, <laughs> so I was actually, I was pretty warm. 
Yeah. Um, uncomfortable. What would tell you everything's going to happen is that's not the deer day. Yeah. But at um, 6 o'clock, the sun kind of hit the tops of the trees. The wind died down considerably. It became very enjoyable for us, comfortable-wise. Mm-hmm. And we also started seeing those deer. And so we've been here and basically on stand, or one of us has been on stand since Monday. And not that it was the best weather day, but it was that that night was the night to sit. That was where everybody's seen deer. Yeah. Deer were moving. Um, but if you just decided at 2 o'clock based on what you had. To skip it. You just, you would have decided to skip it. And that, w- that ended up being up until today's Friday. Today Friday? Today's Friday. Today's Friday. So Wednesday, Wednesday night was the only night that the deer have moved. Yeah. And you would have looked up at the weather. So it's really, imp- you looked up at the weather and you decided not to go. So it's really important to know, well, it's this now, it's this here. I'm 15 minutes from my, my property. What it's doing at my house isn't what it's doing there. No. Once you're in the woods, the wind changes. That wind can howl, but it can be up the canopy. It's yeah. not affecting inside. So that's a variation. Now, egg and fields and stuff like that, you're going to get affected by wind. But wind direction can change in those couple hours. So you have to predict within a week of when that cold front, your high percentage days are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to be on your toes for... Um, your daily or within your hourly. You know, like I said, two o'clock we'd have said don't go sit. But at seven o'clock it was pretty beautiful. And now yeah, and that gorgeous. was the deer hunting day. That was yeah. the day where all they were all moving for whatever reason. I think the fact that they're just hunkered down, they're getting at some point they have to move. They have to. Um but you have a lot of differences when you talk about that light snow, you gotta talk about light rain. Now a torrential downpour They'll move if they have to, but they yeah. don't—they don't like to e- move in that either. Same yep. with the blizzard; they and don't they, like to move in the really bad weather. And they won't go out into a food plot because they're vulnerable. They're out in no man's land, vulnerable to everybody, and they can't hear you. They nope. can't see you. I mean, if it's snowing and it's a blizzard, it's harder. Um, I do like those days sometimes. I, th- I do like hunting the adverse weather some some days. Um, right before we came up here. I sat a couple nights and I had some some spotty storms come through, but it was kind of a torrential downpour mm-hmm. for you know for 15 minutes. This cloud would come over and just dump water, and it was the only night this so far this year that I hadn't I didn't see any deer. It was just there was too many things. It wasn't steady, and that's another. That's I guess let's go with that. Um, we talked about consistency last night and and kind of. Um, conditioning these deer if you're out in montana where it's windy the deer aren't going to care that it's windy yeah they're used to the wind they've they've changed their situation um but here in wisconsin it can be zero there could be no wind so when it's 30 mile an hour gust they're gonna they're gonna be affected by that yeah and when i sat right before coming up coming up here we had sun we had rain we had Big winds, no winds, everything was changing constantly, and those deer don't want to get up out of their beds and get into a vulnerable situation and have that weather change when they're not back to the wall prepared for it. Um, so those are days you just want to avoid. I mean, I was sitting more to get content and more to see what was happening, but um, you want to you want to avoid those days. So you pick your best cold front day. You pick your high percentage days and try to get where that weather weather is consistent. Yeah. Um, and try to be 
you're going to guess wrong a lot of times. Yeah. But. And and it's not to say that you won't shoot a day on those adverse weather days or where it's not perfect weather, uh, or at least for the deer. You know, you might still have shoot a deer, probably have shot deer. I'm sure there's guys who shot deer when it's 90 degrees out, you know, and it's yep. deer moving, it's sunny, whatever. But we're, we were saying at the beginning, it's a high percentage versus low percentage. On the on the days where the deer aren't comfortable, that's a low percentage chance of them moving. You know, we had a buck one time in the preserve that was uh, a year and a half old buck, and he was born late, not doing well. And he didn't care if it was 90 degrees out. He didn't care if it was pouring rain. He was on that food plot as much as he could all day long because he needed to eat, he needed to catch up, he wasn't feeling great. Little spike buck. And he'd go lay down in the middle of the food plot and lay there for an hour in the middle of the food plot. Because he's like, here at noon, nobody picks on me. Yep. I, I, nobody else goes out here, so this is where I'm going to go. Yep. So there's there's always the exception to the rule. We can lay out a lot of rules, but there's always the exception to the rule. Because deer are deer. They're not, you can't pinpoint on, you know, with a spreadsheet and say, well, these are all the factors and this is what's going to happen. So the deer are going to move on this day. Yeah. So more time in the stand, more butts in the stand, you're going to have better results. But... If you only have specific days to hunt, pick those high percentage days. Yeah. Uh, so we went on a hunt one time in the preserve and previous, it was a September slump. So previous three, four days hadn't had a lot of deer movement. And then we get one day coming through where it's going to give us about two inches of rain maybe throughout the course of the day. A nice, slow, long rain. And it's cool. And we get on stand early and the deer are moving at 4.30. And I, when I say deer, I mean all of them. <laughs> and they, I still got... I still got the footage of it. Beautiful footage of deer coming in the rain, eating the soybeans. The bucks are feeling good. I got one buck on camera. He shook, and the whole his whole body, the rain came off, mm -hmm. and it's like a halo of because there's a little bit of light, and it yep. caught that, and a big halo of light spread around him, and it just some of the coolest footage I've, I've ever got. Yep. But the deer were moving during the rain, so a light rain, light snow. In my experience, those are the best two times to go out. Yep. And usually that just that's justified by the fact that there's a front here or coming through so they're trying to get up before that weather system change before that weather system comes through so the light rain tends to say that the system's coming uh the pressure's rising and we're going to get up and beat that so when we get back to our bedding area we can get comfortable and and stay there for extended amount of time yep stay there chew their cut with the good hot food they just ate yep. you know and uh then they're comfortable for a longer period of time yep so um. Oh crap! You were talking about something. The rain. No, yeah, rain. we were talking about high percent. So yeah. you talk about the days you have to hunt, which are tend to be weekends. But if there's going to be a day or two that you call in sick, you want it to be worth. Like your boss is going to get mad. You're missing every Thursday. Mm -hmm. He's going to get mad. Um, but sometimes that high percentage shot, a high high percentage day, is on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But you don't want to, if you, if during a hunting season, you don't want to walk in and walk out a hundred times. No. There's a hundred times you educate the deer. It's a hundred times that you teach the deer where you're at, how you're getting in, that they're being hunted. And a big mature buck, once he figures out he's being hunted, and whether that's a giant pile of corn that he's been shot at three times in the last couple of years, um, he's going to cue into that. So you want to sit as little as possible. And now with, with cell cameras nowadays, you don't have to go in. No. Because that sends all the information to you. So you, the farther away from the land you are, 
the farther from the tree stand as you are, the less you're affecting it. Now you only go sit one, two, three, five times, and you harvest your animal. Now you haven't educated any of the other deer. You've, you've had a, su- a successful hunt, and you ha- <clears throat> haven't had to miss work. You haven't been away from your family for 100 days. I mean, people enjoy being in the tree stand, and, and that's uh, that's the purpose of hunting is to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and be out there in the, in the nature and, and enjoy that. But if you're also trying to harvest an animal, you don't want to burn that stand out or burn that property out. Yeah. So high percentage days is key, and, and reading the weather can gauge... Um, can help you gauge what, what days those are. Well, you, what day your odds are, you have a higher percentage chance of shooting a yep. deer. The deer are going to be moving more uh, that, and everything else. Uh, how about fact or fiction? Moon guide. Hunting. I have one spot where, where this is relevant, but how do you feel about hunting the moon? I have never paid attention to the moon when I'm hunting. Ever. Deer are creatures of habit, and they are creatures of the night. They do like to move and be out at night. So often when you see them come out in that evening, on your evening sit, excuse me, that's their first time moving out to get, moving out of the woods to get food for the day. That's the start of their day. That's the start of their day. Mm -hmm. And now they'll stay out there all day, all night long. They might go, they'll eat, they'll go lay down, chew their cud, they'll come back, eat. They have to do, they have to fill their stomach four times to fill all four chambers. So they will take their time, they'll spend all night out there, and then they go back in the woods and chew their cud, and then they browse and chew their cud and browse, and then they repeat. That's what deer do. Uh, I think... So, in the moon, if the moon is bright, I can't say I've seen more deer moving at night or not. So, based on just trail trail camera evidence on on my end, I think hunting the moon guide is... Uh, irrelevant. They gotta eat either way, and they're not gonna eat during the day. They're gonna eat at night. But what does happen is when that so so they don't have great vision at night. They can't see like it's daylight. No. But at night they have definitely a significant advantage over a hunter or predators and stuff like that. They have they have the advantage when it comes to that. But when that sun or excuse me when that moon is high and full, we can see. We can stand there and, and see clear as day. So that shows how much better. When it's pitch black and we can't see anything, deer can see. Yep. So imagine when we can see. They obviously have a better advantage. And I do. I, I really do think that when it's a full moon, high, bright, and it's not cloudy, um, I do think the deer activity does increase at night. But I don't think that means that they move earlier. I don't think that means they move before shooting hours. I just think there is activity... Uh, at night for them to, to they'll maybe push their comfort zone a little bit because they just have that much better sight. Yeah. And I've and my justification for that is when the full moon is out I see I get more trail camera pictures. They're out there longer. They're not trying to move and keep kind of keep hitting. They're, they're comfy. Um, but those are all still pictures at night. They're all still pictures at night. So, so hunting the moon is irrelevant because that's just making the deer go out at night. Well, if they get to go out at night and just hammer down on maybe some of the riskier food plots, riskier egg, um, and they get to hammer on that till 5 o'clock in the morning, they don't need to come out at 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning when you're hunting. No. And they don't have to come out as early because they got all night to feast. The, the, light, the lights are on for them. So yeah. I actually think the moon guide 
topic is actually a flop except for the fact that yes when it's a full moon i actually would avoid hunting yeah if it was a full moon on so if the full moon was saturday um i would probably not hunt that weekend i'd just stay out of there not let it not even help them um but now if the full moon was on saturday but it was going to rain all afternoon that's a go sit because they don't they're not moving they're not going to move later because of the moon but now it's raining and they're comfortable all day during the day go sit because they can't see the moon you know i don't think that i don't think they keep track with a calendar and say well it was at three quarters yesterday right you know but no. it's like oh this is a comfortable day we're yeah. gonna go move but i think i think when the moon comes out the deer activity goes tonight yes i think i think it more of the deer activity goes tonight and if they're full they got a full stomach why why do they have to get up at four o'clock in the evening and get out there? Yeah. They're full. They're, yeah. They don't have to. If the night before they've they've filled their stomach, chewed all their cut, enjoyed themselves, I might go out at eight o'clock, but I don't need to go out at four. So yeah. I, so yes, if there's outstanding circumstances like rain or or cold front coming in, but full moon, I'll actually avoid those two, three, four days and just stay out of there, just mm. because I know all the deer activity is going to be at night. I might have to try to keep track of that, but I've never, I've never, it's not something I've ever really looked into because I just go sit. Yep. But, yep. uh, that's something to keep an eye on and see if it makes a difference. Uh, so, but in my experience, it doesn't, hasn't no, really affected the daytime hunting as much. Uh, but it depends on how patterned the deer are and everything else. So there's yep. a lot that goes into that. In the preserve, we've not really noticed a, a huge change. Well, so let's talk about the weather in the preserve this week. So you guys always say that there's a September lull. Yep. That lull is relevant to a food source for the most part. It, it, it relies on the food yep. source. Yeah. So, but we're talking about weather. So this week it's been 50s for highs and we've we've just about froze every every evening. We had frost, killed my tomatoes, you know, <sighs> um, got cold. So the weather's, you would think 50s or highs, 30s. Are, that's pretty chilly the deer are gonna move but yeah we've struggled to get deer moving yeah we have one evening sit where the deer were moving um all the pictures are at night and the pictures aren't anywhere near the tree stands no uh your dad had mentioned that there was some uh in the standing corn but they were there and they were bailing out of there so they would have been out before sunrise so it's been pretty steady here we haven't had any I mean, it's the temperatures have kind of fluxed, but we haven't had any rain. We haven't had any snow. It's been pretty consistent temperatures between thirty-five and probably sixty degrees. Yeah. So I really think the next for in the preserve for that situation, the hunter that's here, the next time a a system comes through, they're gonna have every all the deer activity, every deer they can imagine out in front of them. They're all gonna be moving and traveling a fair distance. And you'll and that's how you'll see all these deer, um, but it's been definitely a struggle this this week to have just deer move. Period. Monday through Friday, we had one evening sit that had deer movement. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's tough, but if you f if you focus on high percentage days for sitting, you're not educating your deer. I I, I don't know if I'd follow the moon guide, but and it depends on, you know, weather talk, you talks about your location. That one day I sat when we had kind of torrential rains, I sat in my hang on. If I, if I would have sat in my hang on stand, 
I'd had a miserable sit. If I'm miserable, I'm not comfy. I'm not sitting there still. I want to get out of there, so I'm, you know. Yeah. Luckily, I sat in the Titan, which is an enclosed box stand, and I was comfy. I was half asleep. <laughs> it was kind of the, the yeah. rain hitting yeah. the blind was serenading me to to sleep, but. Um, depending on that weather, you want to be comfortable because you're being an effective hunter if you're comfortable. Yeah. So the hardcore guys will sit in the snow in negative 20-degree weather. They're hardcore. But the deer, when it gets cold, the deer have to move because mm-hmm. they're hungry. They have to They have to move. So you're going to have success in the cold, but I don't see the point in sitting in a torrential downpour. Right. You know, you can go way back to the torrential downpour. I just don't see the point in it. So... Good point, but on a on a off the, off the what and people want me for, um, <laughs> off of hunting the weather, how can you use how can you use weather to your advantage while working on the property by checking your cameras, baiting your deer, working on the property? I said working on the property twice. Um, I like to go and go if I'm going to work on the property, check cameras, anything like that. 10 and 2. Yep. That's what I that's what I focus on. But if I can go out while it's raining, so moisture holds scent. You know, so that's why a wet scrape, wet soil, a dope door buck peas on it, it holds that it holds that scent, it holds that uh, um, signal to the deer. But when it's raining, it's really washing and absorbing that scent away. On on you on you It's I mean. diluting it off. Yeah. Of you. Yep. So if I can go out between 10 and 2, and it's raining, and I mean not just a mist. I'm talking a pretty good rain where I'm going to be wet by the time I get back. That's when I want to go out there. If I want to walk my trails, put my boots on the ground, and uh, get involved with whether I'm checking cameras or, or whatever I'm doing, working on the tree stands, because yeah. we're eliminating that scent. You're eliminating the scent, and you're eliminating your sound. Yep. You, you listen in the woods when the rain's hitting all those leaves. And if it's a decent downpour, and it's between 10 and 2, where are those deer at? They're in their beds. They are in their beds, chilling. And I'm not nowhere near them. them. Yeah. So that's an effective way to get in there and using weather to um, to get anything you need to get done on the property. Get in there, check your cameras. Um, using that rain and that time frame to get in there without... Um, without spooking them. Without, without, sp- without, the, ha- without having the possibility of them walking up on you yeah. while you're working. And another thing you can do, too, on the flip side of that, you can, you can go do your work when it's terribly hot out. Yep. Because then they're going to be back in the woods. They're not going to move at all. You have a you have a wider window to do the work if it's terribly hot out. Yep, yep. And and they're going to come out later when it cools off. They're going to go to bed earlier, so you have this bigger window, and they're not going to be that. There's not going to be that random grazer that comes out when it's ninety. Yep. Um, if you talk about the rut and weather, weather has no existence, no bearing on the rut. Exactly. At least not for the bucks. They they could be 105 degrees out. Yep. It could be 40 below. Yep. The bucks have to do what they got to do during the rut. And if it, as any, any man knows, if you were limited to one week or, uh, I mean, what's the rut? Nine days? Yeah, barely. Uh, of, I, we're not talking post-rut and pre-rut and staging and, and, and yep, yep. No, all of that. We're talking about, the rut is we're talking about breeding. Five to nine days. So five to nine days, you got to go a whole year and you got five to nine days. Are you going to care if it's hot? No. Are you going to care if it's cold? They're going to get out there and get her done. And that's why, you know, in Minnesota, you're actually the week after the rut or before the the rut? We're the week of the rut, our rifle season. So typically, our rifle season starts 
uh, you know, we'll have a Saturday or a Sunday, Monday sit. I can't remember. I can't remember if it starts on Saturday. It might be Saturday, Sunday, and then yeah, Saturday, Sunday sit pre rut, and then by about Wednesday, peak yeah, of the rut. It's full bore. So and that's there's a I can have a long conversation about why that should not be that yep, way. Yep. But that's the way it is. Podcast. You get the most deer moving through the yep. rut. Um, and and you said you. you Onto that point a little bit though, you do say that negatively impacts because a lot of bucks are harvested because they're running around dumb. They're yeah. running around with their, yeah. with their, their little... majority of the bucks harvest in Minnesota. A crow, a, a crow just flew like right in front of the camera. There. It was like full wingspan, so it was, that was pretty cool. Um, sorry. So, in Minnesota, just gonna touch on this briefly because this could be a whole podcast. I think it's like 60 to 70% of the deer harvested are opening morning. So when 70% of the whitetail deer are harvested, a lot of those are bucks. A lot of areas in Minnesota are bucks only right now. Or a buck and a doe or whatever. But so many people shoot their bucks opening morning that you are actually negatively impacting the genetics of the whitetail deer herd because you're shooting the bucks before they get a chance to breed. So when you shoot, let's say a 10-point yearling and a spike buck step out on the field, right? This is going to be the quick version. You shoot that ten point year, uh, the ten point yearling, and now he doesn't get to breed the doe. Now we we in a question of the week we talked about spike bucks being spike bucks, and that's not necessarily a genetic disadvantage or genetic uh, trait being yep. a spike buck. Yeah, but obviously a ten point yearling has a better genetic potential than a spike buck yearling. Yes and no. If they With other this, factors, if they have the same life. Yes. Yes. But based on what your visual evidence is, that ten point yearling is better. So, you want him to breed your doe. Mm -hmm. But if you shoot the 10-point, because everybody's got to have antlers on the wall, they want to have the 10-point, and they like to say, oh, I got a 10-pointer, but they won't tell you it's this big. Yeah. They say, oh, I got a 10-pointer, I did good. Now that yearling buck goes off and breeds that doe, and he might not be lesser genetics, but he could be. But white-tailed deer were designed to fight for the right to breed the doe. So if you shoot your 2- and 3-year-old bucks opening weekend, now all your yearling bucks are going to go breed the doe. And now your 2- and 3-year-old can have almost the same genetics as as the yearlings. You know, they're going to be in a single area. They're going to be half-brothers. They're going to be cousins. I mean, yep. They're going to be all related. But those two- and three-year-olds have proven we can survive. We are stronger. We're bigger, better. They've made it further. So they have what I like to call a survivability gene. You want that gene to reproduce. Yep. You want the biggest, strongest genetics to reproduce. So when we shoot the small bucks, or all the bucks opening weekend, they don't get to breed. We're, we're genetically downgrading our herd every year. Now, in Wisconsin, you guys are the week after the rut, mm -hmm. which is a much better way to do it. Yeah, it's a little bit colder, but who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You're out hunting. Everybody's got heated tree stands now. Yeah. I mean, you saw when you drove around here, what is there, a box stand every quarter mile? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Every corner of a field, there seems to be one. So it's not that we're going to freeze to death. Right. But we're kind of getting off topic. We can go in depth on that at another point. But, so, uh, so I know I want to go with that. We're gonna go kay. with that. This is this is good. How can a hunter um, accommodate themselves to weather? We talk about box blinds. Yeah, I have a Titan. It was amazing to sit in that Titan when it torrentially downpoured. It was great. Yeah, you're not so, getting wet. But to that, if you're uncomfortable in the weather, if you're uncomfortable in your weather, you're not gonna have a good sit. You're not gonna have a quiet still sit so sitting in the right stand per the weather helps oh absolutely. late season comes up and it's snowing and it's cold 
uh, an enclosed stand like a Titan or a Tierra Outdoor blind, you can put a heater in and you could be comfortable. The deer get used to these blinds, right? I yeah. mean, as they sit there for 365 days a year and nothing hurts them out of it, they get used to them and get comfortable. So now you can sit in it, you're concealed, and you're warm. So you're going to have a longer sit. So so we do it at, we do it at the preserve. We get in with the with the four wheeler, but we stay till it's pitch black, no matter what. Whether you harvest in the first five minutes of your sit, or when you're hunting right before dark, or if you're harvesting right before dark, you wait till the dark to sit because that's the routine, that's that consistency we talk about. So if you get in your stand, if I would have sat in the hang on stand that night and a torrentially downpoured, I would have been miserable. I don't care if the deer were moving. I don't care if every deer in the book was moving. I would have been miserable with saturated with water. Mm-hmm. I would have probably gotten down. You'd have been sitting there shivering, shaking. Yep. So down, now you get down. Know. Now you're leaving before dark, and that's you're you're breaking your consistency. You're breaking the conditioning of the deer because now these deer are like, oh, I know we, you know, I know we're good until dark. Then we kind of bail. Yeah. So having an effective sit is weather dependent, and Sitting in the right stand, I don't always like sitting in a Titan. It's, your visual is harder. Um, it's a different situation you for when... You can't hear. What? You can't hear. You can't hear. Yeah. You feel crowd. We sat in a uh, little pop-up blind um, this week. Yeah, Tuesday and, night. And we felt not only very vulnerable, but it was very tough to see or film anything that was going on. So you have to base your decision on where you're sitting on that weather also you know as late season comes i'm going to sit more in the titan because i can put a heater on and, and not affect myself and not affect the the situation but i can be comfortable and sit there and have a longer healthier sit when it comes to the rut whether it's post rut or you know if it's gun season in minnesota pre-rut or the rut and it's wisconsin's right after the rut anything can happen like you said the the bucks do not care what is going on? And they got five days to do their thing, and they're gonna do it. The sun's up; they're on the road. Yep, yep. Ninety degrees, twenty degrees. They don't care. So the longer you sit, the better your odds are. The better you are, the better the odds are. The more deer you're gonna see because a deer can walk in at eleven, a deer can walk in at noon. Buck can be chasing a doe, and they you might run her a half mile, and you'll end up in the middle of the field yep. somewhere. And you're gonna see different by. deer. So what? What the point of that is? Sitting in the right stand based on weather. So you can have a good effective sit is important. Yep. If that's a box blind, do it. I don't care if you sit in a box blind. I don't care if you sit in a tree stand. I don't care if you sit on a ground blind. As long as you're having a good quality sit, you're going to be at some point successful. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to touch on that. Tree no, stand it's, a, it's a good thing to touch on because we can talk about the deer being affected by the weather, but the hunter gets affected by the weather as well. And if you're not comfortable in your sit, you're going to move early. Yep. And then... You're done. And especially if you're going to take a kid hunting, uh, if the kid's not comfortable, they're not going to have fun. Yeah. And if the kid's not comfortable, they're going to be maybe complaining, maybe making noise. They're going to make the sit harder. The deer are going to be more likely to spot you. So keep your kids comfortable. I think you said when you took Flynn out, I mean, you even had him have a tablet and whatever. Just, yeah. He has to sit there. He has to be happy. Yep. For that sit to be successful. And, and and we have to sit at the same time. So I have to go on at the same time and we have to leave at the same time. So I got to keep a, a seven year at that point, six year old occupied yes we had i had him in warm clothes i had a blanket i had his tablet headphones he was good and i had the heater blaring i remember i was taking camel off i was just dying it was so hot in the fan. <laughs> but it was bonding time for me and him and, yeah. and and that's all i was out there for luckily a little buck walked in 
And I was like, what are the chances? I got Flynn in the stand. There's a buck on buck in the Right know, in front of you. Right in front of us. That was before you really even had the food plot going at all. Hadn't I had nothing going on yeah. there. So um, it's at the food plot location, but so I I stand Flynn up and and we heart, I shoot the animal. Me and him we have a good moment. I actually turned around and look at him after I shot. And he's shaking. I'm like, Are you okay? And I guess I didn't realize what was happening, but I was like, You okay? He goes, I'm cold. That stand was seventy some degrees. He wasn't cold. He had pure buck fever. He just experienced his first adrenaline rush. Yep. And that was so cool to have that moment. But that moment couldn't have happened in a hang-on stand. No. He wouldn't have been comfortable. Yeah. So that's, I mean, especially if you're taking a kid hunting, make sure they're comfortable. Yep. Uh, and a box line allows that. Anyway, for the first time. If I took my wife out hunting for the first time and she froze the whole time, she wouldn't have enjoyed it. And she won't come back. No. So, so I mean, we went out and put her in a box blind and we had a heater going and it was not a super cold day and uh she was comfortable and a buck came out and shot it and especially if you're taking somebody for their first time especially a kid let them shoot whatever they want yep. i mean if you got yeah you got rules you got goals we've covered that but you need to let young people get hooked on this or else hunting can be a it's a dying sport yeah let's i want to paint the paint the picture i'm gonna paint the picture for you and tell me what you think it's december the highest 20, the lowest negative 5. You're on a bait pile. I know, I understand from Minnesota now, their laws are different, but in Wisconsin, some of the northern counties, you can bait. So there's a bait pile of corn. Highest 20, lowest negative 5. It's cold. What's that deer mindset? I need food. I need food. They'll be they'll they'll be risky, right? Yeah. They're going to take risks. They're going to come out earlier, or they're going to come out more often because... They're they're burning their cud. They're burning their their food in their stomach fat more faster to be warmer, so they need more. So their intakes more. Um, so then you get consistent movement or or a lot more movement on the deer's part. But that's why late season so f- is fun because you can see a lot and they and then the deer concentrate. Yeah, they'll move to that food source. If all of the food source is covered in snow by me. But there's a corn pile. They're going to all move that way, and you see a lot more deer that way. But yeah. Yeah, that, I see a lot of activity on a good food plot in December. Yeah, Good food plot. Every deer within the area is going to come. But also in December, if there's a soybean field across the road, you have day, deer that spend the entire day out there. I mean, all day long, all night long. They sleep out there. They stay out there. And that's what they do because they're cold. Food is right here. Mm-hmm. We're staying. Yep. Yep, and, and you can pinpoint that that if you're still hunting at that point, you can pinpoint that and and have a pretty effective method. But that's yeah. all based on weather. How you hunt during the summer, you want water sources, and you know in the early season you want water sources and stuff like that. And and you're gonna avoid the hot days. Try to at least. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But right, you're gonna hunt different. I think you ignore. You basically ignore the weather during that during that ruts situation. As long yeah. as you can have a good effective sit. So you're comfortable. Sit every every hour you sit yeah, is a better day because they're 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 moving, they're staying. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think we're just about out of time here. Okay. I think we covered everything we can can about weather. No. Anything we missed? No. No. But <laughs> but for this one, for this one, we'll go in depth on more stuff later. Uh, I can't wait for the podcast that we just we just start ranting and don't have any direction. We just let it go. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're talking uh, about D and D and and Fortnite and. <laughs> football and let's just, yep. just get way off topic that'll be like a january thing yep yep uh anyway so 
Thank you for watching another episode here of Lessons of the Woods by Ten Point Whitetails. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook currently. One day I'll get on other stuff, but we're busy people. And a uh, podcast comes out every week at 7 o'clock on Friday night, unless something happens and I don't get it done, but it should be good. <laughs> uh, if you want to send us any questions or comments you'd like us to talk about in the podcast, you can message on Facebook, send us an email at 10pointwhitetails at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, we should set up a Patreon or something okay. at some point. Okay. But best thing you can do to support the show right now is share, like, comment. Yep, yep. So. And, and put some questions out there. And yeah. It'd be nice to have a podcast where we answer a bunch of questions by, by the viewers. So yeah. maybe if they start sending them, we can, we can start uh, accumulating. Yep, yep. And start covering them. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching. We'll be back uh, next Friday. Yep. Sounds good.